Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Everything is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle United. So some exciting news about our podcast. We're now hosted on the Global Player app. Don't worry if you get your podcast from Apple, Spotify or Acast. You can still get them from that platform. But we do recommend that you download the Global Player app. It's available in iOS or from the Google Store. This episode is all about finding out what people think about Newcastle United's potential new owners. I've spoken to three groups who are deeply involved with the club within the community and two legends of the game who have followed Newcastle United for many, many decades. They will introduce themselves and tell us about their feelings and thoughts about Newcastle United's new era. United Supporters Trust new owners for us at the Trust uh, what we're most hoping to see is some meaningful dialogue and communication so that we can accurately get answers from new owners for our for our members and the supporters of the club and uh, a genuine uh, relationship moving forward in terms of support or communication something that's been sadly lacking over the past 13 years. When you heard the news at this takeover was a go and it is further along than it's ever been before what was your initial reaction um you know as chairs of the trust fantastic uh the the football club has, has needed new ownership for a number of years uh to put it mildly and uh, we've we've tried our best to engage with the current people who who run Newcastle united with with limited success unfortunately for us uh, and our members and, and the supporters so just just a fantastic opportunity for new people to come in and and, and give supporters the the respect they deserve and, and take the football club to where it should be. I think everybody everybody, whether you're a football fan or not, in the region in this northeast of England uh, needs a successful vibrant Newcastle United and the only way that was ever going to happen was with a takeover of this sort. You mentioned the word there, communication, which I think it always comes back to that for many people. Um, how important is that communication between you know the trust and whoever owns yeah, the club? It's vital, and it's whoever owns the club, but it's also people with with key responsibilities in the club. And you know, the, it may, it should make sense to any owner that you want to speak to your supporters, the people who who the club is exists on behalf of, and the people who put millions of pounds a year into the club. You, you, we want to be able to get answers from people, and you want to be able to have a constructive relationship with anyone running the football club there's going to be some there's going to be some challenges for those people and in, in, in terms of what they do with Newcastle United and the direction in which they want to take it we are also here as an organisation to help we want to help the football club we want to aid them however we can 
uh, we have you know thousands of members who are all willing to give their feedback, give their opinion on on what's happening at the football club. So it's a two-way street. We want to be as helpful for the club as, as they are to us and our members. And lots of questions over the potential involvement of Saudi Arabia, given the human rights concerns there. What are you guys doing as a trust to kind of determine where the, the feeling lies between the fans? I think when, if and when a takeover does happen, uh, if members, if that was something members wanted us to address with the people that run the club, it's something we'd look into. Uh, don't want to speculate too much about things I don't know an awful lot about, uh, which would include um, domestic and foreign policy of a Middle Eastern state. Uh, put, to put it simply from the supporters trust position, we've always, whoever the owner has been, primarily judged the people that run the football club on how they treat the football club and how they treat the supporters of the football club. If members uh, or a, a large body of members wanted us to raise anything beyond that, then that's what we're here for. But we'd only do that if that's what members wanted us to do. Lots of excitement given the potential wealth of the consortium taking over the club. For you, what would be the first thing you'd like to see the potential new owners do? Well, the first thing they've got a lot to do. There's a, it's a long list. I think I think the first thing would be a little bit of transparency. Uh, this is who we are. This is what our vision is long term for Newcastle United, and this is how we're going to go about doing it. And that would really unite the whole fan base. You know, it'd be great to have some really transparent communication from the off, uh, so that everyone in the whole region and all the fans around the world who follow this great football club can really get excited and get behind it. I think other football club takeovers in the past, you know, whenever there's been issues about oh, well, who actually owns the club, what is the plan? And you got that with Mike Ashley at the start as well. Uh, it just creates a little bit of doubt. So some really, a really bold, powerful vision from the people who bought the football club and some communication and transparency with the supporters, however they want to do that. That's what I'd like to see first before anything else. And what lessons do you think that the potential owners could learn in terms of working with you guys at the trust that the previous owners haven't done? Um, they could they could learn to um, meaningfully engage with the supporters trust. They could learn to respect uh, fan opinion. That's obviously a personal opinion of mine, but I think I could back that up pretty well in terms of the previous ownership. Um, you know, they could learn that that cooperation is a two-way street um, and that, I, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think that the, the, the current or previous owners were ever really that interested in what supporters thought. Um, so I'd learn a lesson from that because, you know, there's a vast majority of the people supporting Newcastle United are, are delighted by this takeover. Uh, and that's one of the main reasons behind it. So I think in terms of lessons, it could be basically don't behave how the previous people did. And just finally, Alex, from you, what would be your message to the potential new owners if you know they do happen to listen to this podcast? What would be the one message you send them? I think they've hit the lot, uh, hit the lottery, won the lottery, as as have we in terms of a new owner. They've got a fantastic football club, which has got the potential to be the biggest in England, in my opinion. Um, utilize that, utilize the support. Uh, there are lots and lots of people who support Newcastle United who who want to help the people that run the football club and who are desperate to see it succeed. If that can be harnessed, then then no one will be able to stop us, in my opinion. Bill Corcoran, volunteer Newcastle United Fans Food Bank. 
what the new ownership I think means to us is probably like many other people in the region, it's new opportunities. Um, it has to be said that the present um, management and board at Newcastle United have helped a lot and they've been very good neighbours to us. Uh, Lee Charlie's done everything from arrange the uh, fixing of the of the porter cabin in Benwell to actually spending a day volunteering at the food bank and and uh, and, and doing the washing up and, and being canny about it, to be fair. Um, what does the new ownership bring? I think it brings a great deal of community um, communication. Um, it's an opportunity right across the region for Newcastle United to reintroduce itself to uh, the academic world, the business world, the legal world, the media world, um, the tourism and conferencing potential of the city and the region, and of course, its people and the communities within it. And that means when we're facing still um, the fact that a thousand people a week need to be fed by a food bank in the west end of the city and possibly about half that in other parts of the city and about the same in other parts of the region, that gives us a tremendous opportunity to pull together across the corporate sphere, the voluntary sphere and, and just all the communities. We found that with COVID-19 that the donations online have actually replaced match day collections and we can't pay tribute to the generosity of Newcastle United fans enough. They have been utterly magnificent. They've justified all the good things that we've always thought about them. They've never let us down. We've never had a bad word from any of them in, in three and a half years of collecting. And we think this um, this current crisis has shown them in their best light because we we've got volunteers coming forward, we've got food coming in, we've got people you know delivering things, we've got the council helping out, we've got supermarkets all joining together. Um, food banks used to be a word that people didn't used to say, and now you're hearing on on commercial TV on adverts and and appeals for for community cohesion now. You know, let, let's not, we, we know the secret of the Northeast, community cohesion is never a problem here. We've got more of it than anybody else. And um, I think this gives us an opportunity uh, with new ownership and investment to realise that and, uh, and and have it for the, for the whole of the, the betterment of the region. And part of that, I think, would be ultimately we'd like to see the food bank abolished because it's not needed. Um, but in the short term, whilst it is needed, I expect this to be an opportunity for us all to get together and, and find common ground with each other and, um, and, and then carry on. You know, um, we had one of, the, one of the great things about the food bank is we get help from all places. And, and last week, Isaac Hayden just called a food spot at Gemma at the food bank and said, look, is there anything I can do? Do you need anything, um, you know, money or food or anything? And, and, and she said, look, Isaac, we're, we're actually OK for the minute. People have been wonderful. But if, if you wouldn't mind just sticking it on your Twitter, he says, yep, sure, straight away. Now, he made that call. Nobody prompted him. It was it was him because he's visited us before a couple of times and he knows it. And he himself, I think, couldn't quite believe it when he first saw it, that this day and age, people aren't getting fed properly in, in, this, in this city. But he's doing something about it. And we think whether you're the highest in the land, the richest person in the world, or somebody with a spare 10 pence, you can help the food bank. And, and pull together and all of those donations are equally valuable. Um, but as I say, with the intent on closing together as a community and making sure that we don't really need food banks in the future, but whilst we, whilst we have to have them, um, then Newcastle United Fans Food Bank is an exemplar of, of community action in, in sorting that out. 
when you look at the way the owners at Man City came in, a lot of compounds, comparisons have been made there about the way they invested into the community, you know, the amount of money they put into certain projects. As someone who's in the community sector, who's in the charity sector, um, that must excite you. And hopefully you'll be keeping everything crossed that the new owners, if they do buy the club, they will come in and, and hopefully put as much money into the, the community as, as their neighbours did at Man City. Well, I think I think it's good business practice to ensure that you don't have beggars in the streets. You know, um, I could be cynical and say, well, if if I was a millionaire and I was going to the Tyneside Cinema, I wouldn't want to have to walk past ten or twelve fellas trying to get to sleep in the alleyway outside. Um, and if I could do something about that, that maybe didn't affect my bottom line too much, then that would be good business practice to make that happen. I suppose the people in Manchester City were trying to market Manchester um, as a destination, as a, as a place to live, work and do business. Now, anybody who knows Newcastle and anybody who knows Manchester has known Newcastle is a far more beautiful city with a far more inspiring history and with, with incredible people who, who, who could bear comparison with anybody. And I think the first thing that any rational business objective would be is to make sure that we're looking as good as we can. And if that's a matter of making sure we don't have homeless people, making sure we don't have starving people, then that's not only just good for their soul and, and good for their own you know, mental health, but it's it's good for the fabric of the city, good for the economic prospects, good for people coming here to, to live, educate, work, and, and, and have leisure and, and uh, see the best football team in the world and the most romantic city as well. And what would be your message to the potential new owners then? What would be, if you could sit down with them and just what would be the first thing that you would say to them regarding you know, the, the fans' food bank and what they can do to help out the community? Um, I think my general message would be to spend as much time as I could getting to know um, the city, its people, its history, um, the people around the region, what what we like, that we're not going to be that impressed with, you know, we're not going to be bought, uh, we'll talk, um, but we, we believe in unity. Uh, we know that um, they're going to come with a certain reputation because of where the money has come from, but for decades people have been going from the northeast to Saudi Arabia to work and they come back with the money that they've earned from there and uh, so it, 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 it's, it's no problem um, what they do and, and how they've earned the money from the oil um, we've all participated in that we all put petrol in our vehicles we've all, we've all been part of that so nobody's going to Nobody's going to be standoffish, but I think they need to spend their time doing the research to make sure that whatever they do is is properly thought out. And there's a, it's a long, good long-term plan uh, with professionals involved at every level. And I think if they do that, I think there's something in the Quran, and it says, "You take one step towards Allah, Allah takes two steps towards you." I think Newcastle United and the people in Newcastle and the region are just exactly the same. You take one step towards us, we'll take two steps towards you with a with an outstretched hand. And whether that's the food bank, whether that's the economic or cultural sector, I think um, if they did that, and I presume they will, because they're they're sensible, rational people by the look of things, they'll they'll have a very very good experience, and we'll be writing fantastic new histories in all of our football and economic and social textbooks coming forward. I'm Malcolm McDonald, uh, ex Newcastle United centre forward, um, and. I'm rather excited by all the events that are going on at St. James Park at the moment. Um, after uh, many uh, false deals, 
Um, the one that there is at present seems a very real one to me. Um, and it, I think it's only the Premier League um, that uh, would be able to stop it. And for the kind of money that, and in these very difficult times as well, uh, for the kind of money that is being talked about, not just the purchase price, but also um, they're looking at uh, investing a lot of money into the transfer market. It's all too good uh, for, I think, for the Premier League to turn around. This is going to be a massive injection, not only into Newcastle United, but also into the Premier League. You mentioned there, Malcolm, the word excitement. What excites you the most? Is it that budget? Is it the transfers? Is it the ambition that we think these owners are going to bring to St James's Park? Yeah, I, um, I think it's what I what I've heard. They've not said very much. What the the new proposed chairman has said um, really does excite me. That that they are looking to invest into uh, the playing staff, to improving everything. Their target is Champions League. And I think, oh, wow, what a, what a completely different focus is, is going to enter into St. James Park to what we've known for the past 12 or 13 years. Well, certainly we mentioned there that the money they've got and it's not just football matters which they'll probably invest in. It'll be off the pitch as well. And we have the Ruben brothers who own large swathes of Tyneside. It's it's something for not just Newcastle but the region to potentially be very excited about with the, the money that could come in and you know boost the economy at a time when it's probably the most needed. I think so. Um, I... Uh, I'm, I'm sensing a, a, a huge buzz about this whole thing, although it's sort of being kept under wraps as much as possible. Um, it, nevertheless, I think is, um, it, is, it's really caught the imagination um, of Newcastle supporters um, and also brought them uh, an awful lot of relief. They will be absolutely horrified if it doesn't go through. There seems to be no way it can't go through. Like I said, we're at the Premier League uh, checks now. Lots of concerns raised by some over the involvement of the Saudi Arabian Royal, uh, Royal Family. What's your viewpoint on that? Is it, you know, if, it, if football shouldn't be at the forefront of potentially challenging them issues that have been raised? Um, well, there, there, have been, there have been issues with, um, with Saudi Arabia um, and quite ugly ones too. Um, but politics should never enter sport. Um, and certainly um, I would be very dismayed if the... Uh, if the Premier League were to allow that to happen, you know, don't keep the politics right out of it. Um, this is this is a deal which is going to be a great one, not just for Newcastle United, Pineside, but also for the whole of the Premier League. Now, I remember when you came on to the podcast for the first time. I think that was the first 
incident we spoke about Amanda Stavely um, back in 2017. She's persevered. She looks like she's finally got the club that she wanted. I mean, it's a, it's a, an end to a journey or a beginning of a journey that's gone on for a long time. Well, uh, I I have to take my hat off to her. She really has persevered um, uh, and, and has obviously worked exceedingly hard to bring the people together that she has done. Um, it got to a stage where I think that Mike Ashley wasn't taking her seriously at all. But I think now he's changed his mind um, and, and will have the utmost respect for her. Um, but he's a slippery fox. And um, the deal is never done with him until all signatures are on the contract. Now, the Saudi royal family have got a lot of money. The PIF, you know, very wealthy. The Ruben Brothers very wealthy as well. They could go out and they could buy any club they wanted, really. Money seems to be of no option to them. Why do you think they've come after Newcastle United? Is it it's the right deal for them? They're getting a good price? Is it they can see that this club is a sleeping giant, do you think? I, I think that's how they see it, yes. And it is a sleeping giant. Um, it's uh, the last... These last few years that we've all experienced has been nothing but a suppression. And there was never any real investment within Newcastle United. And I think we're going to find that should this deal go through, and by heavens I hope it does, that we will experience the whole reverse of what we've had with Mike Ashley. And in terms of a manager the deal does go through it's likely that Steve Bruce will be given the chance at least to the end of the season should that be complete um, to stay in the dugout for you is he the man to to lead Newcastle into a new year, era? Um, it, it is a very good question um, I think Steve Bruce he's a, he's a smashing bloke um, he was a great player in his time and uh, and has shown that, uh, that he has an, uh, an ability to manage in, the, in, the, in recent years. So will he be able to bring in the calibre of player? It's going to be an interesting one, is that. Um, one thing he will know is that he, as a manager, has got to become the opposite, almost, um, after the deal, than he has been with Mike Ashley. You know, that he, he, he sort of had to take on Mike Ashley's penny-pinching ways, if you like. Um, make do with what you've got. But now he's, he's going to have to make the choice of, well, which great player do you want? You know, and he's got to get that um, decision-making absolutely spot on because the one thing that these people will not suffer um, is second rate. They want to be at the top. They, they are looking to go and challenge Manchester City um, and whoever else is up there. And so 
they will not uh, contemplate um, anything unless it's absolutely 100% perfect. Now, Steve Bruce, he's got to change his whole direction around. I hope he can do it. I really do. Um, I, I, uh, and I would like to see him being given the opportunity to manage um, in a situation where he can say, I spot a weakness, I want that player over there um, who who is a great player um, and he's going to fill the hole nicely. Whereas, as, as I mentioned before, he's had to make do. And, and, and he's done it very well, in all honesty. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased to hear that they are going to give him every opportunity to prove himself. But they're going to be hard taskmasters. And just putting ourselves in the shoes of the players, what do you think is going through their heads at the moment? You know, it's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know, um, you know, if the deal's going to go through. We think it will do, but we don't know who the manager might be. Will they get rid of Bruce? Will they keep him? You know, all these questions are going round and round. As a player, um, can you give us a bit of insight into how they might be feeling? Well, it's always an exciting time for all players um, when something like this happens. But without a word being said, just for the fact that a takeover has happened, it is throwing a challenge straight in the faces of all the players. And they know they are going to have to respond and respond superbly. Now, whether... Um, you see, players will look at it that, well, I don't think I'm going to be up to scratch um, on what they're requiring, So, but I'll get a good move. You know, it, it's the way of the game. Um, and so, uh, uh, um, and, and it will all take time as well. So I think, I think players will embrace what has happened. And as time goes on, they would just have to accept the consequences of improvement and change. You mentioned there the word communication, and a lot of people bring that up when they talk about where the current ownership could have done better, you know, more communication. You would assume that once this deal is done, a statement would come out from the, the buy inside, from the new owners, kind of spelling out what they want to do, what they want to achieve. For you, how important is that communication just to kind of open the doors up and say, look, this is who we are, this is what we want to do? When they do a business deal, they want nothing said by anybody, and this will suit Mike Ashley, until all signatures are on the contract. Then, once the deal is done, then they will come and they will talk fully as to what their real intentions are. And I don't find that a bad thing. Let's get the deal done first. And I think that afterwards, they will then say, right, we've paid an awful lot of money. We have more money to spend. And time is of the essence. We are not prepared to hang around. We want improvement now. And we want to keep constantly improving every day of every year. And so that 
makes them hard taskmasters because their demands are very high. Um, but it's no bad thing. It really isn't. It's going to make exceedingly exciting times for all supporters of Newcastle United. And just finally, Malcolm, if you could sit down with the potential new owners, what would be your one or your first message to them about Newcastle United? Mm. Interesting question. Um, my message would be, my message would be, um, remember these supporters they have stayed absolutely loyal and faithful to this club, having to put up with a whole load of nonsense um, over the past decade and more. Reward them. Reward that loyalty that they haven't drifted away. They're there. They're there and they're watching and they're supporting. And so... Do them a favour, bring them the success that they crave. And let's not forget, the last trophy lifted by any Newcastle United player was Bob Monker. And that was back in the 60s. That's over half a century back. And so uh, it's about time that trophies started to arrive at St James Park. Armstrong has uh, been involved with uh, War Flags since not not from the very beginning. Um, a few of the guys set it up, uh, but, but very shortly after, I joined uh, helped us with displays. Um, what a t- what a takeover means for for War Flags for me! Massive excitement, massive <laughs> massive positives. Um, I think not not just from a, a football club point of view I think from a community aspect um, everything really uh, I think one of the big excitements from my point of view as well is just to see a, a few of the uh, the flags lads back in the in the ground and just getting back to to doing displays I think is is, is a is a massive uh, positive from from my point of view I've I've been going um, to, to the games uh, I didn't I didn't boycott if you if you want to use that phrase but a, a lot of the the lads and war flags did um and i'm i did say really really looking forward to, to, to getting the lads back in so from my point of view uh from a from a flags perspective it's just it's just massive news really so really looking forward to it i'm um i'm chris heron and um similar to john say i've been involved with the flags since pretty much the start as well albeit not the very very start um, I'm, I'm one of the guys that Anthea so so kindly talked about. Um, I'm one of the lads who did decide to boycott, if you want to use that term. And um, it's been a tough season this this last season. So I think from a personal perspective and, and from a perspective of like Anthea, some of the flags, it's it's about getting some of the lads back to to where they belong, I suppose, and, and where they want to spend their Saturdays or, or whichever day it might be, given the way the Premier League fixtures are these days. Um, for the flags group itself, I think it's, as Anne says, it's massively exciting. It's a, a new period of, of opportunity where we can hopefully um, 
begin to express our true sort of support for the club and, and not have to politicise any messages. And I think um, it, it does sort of open up a, a kind of worms potentially with regards to some of the slightly more political or, or moral displays that we've done previously, um, given the, the potential ownership change. But um, it'll be interesting times that lie ahead. And I, th- I think we're going to be predominantly focusing on giving a positive message for, for a new era of positivity and, and hope and ambition. Now, you guys decided that you weren't going to do the displays. You were very uh, prominent in your message that you weren't going to return to St. James Park as a group until Mike Ashley had sold up. Did you ever think that the buyer would be one of the you know richest uh, groups in the world? I think from uh, from my perspective, definitely not. Uh, it's uh, I suppose still still in shot, really. To be honest, it's not a Newcastle type of thing to, to happen. No, normally, you'd expect something, uh, someone to take over who hasn't got as much money as, as Mike Ashley, and, and, and we end up on the wrong side of something. But to to see uh, the, the the amounts of money that they're talking about in, involved it, it, again massive excitement uh, for for the club hopefully the the community and obviously uh, ourselves just to get back to to uh, doing what we're what we're loving on a Saturday really and Chris what's the reaction yeah. within the within the group obviously we're still waiting for the deal to be rubber stamped and we don't know when the, the season's going to return and even when fans are going to be allowed back on the ground but i assume there's a bit of an excitement within the the war flags group definitely yeah i think there's been um, a degree of sort of light-hearted discussion if you like about um the the potential for the first display back and and obviously dependent on um, the time in which the league does return. Um, obviously, it might not happen straight after the pandemic finishes because of things like social distancing and, and face returns. Um, that's going to have an effect on what we do for the first display back. But ultimately, we've got to start planning, got to start having them discussions should a, a takeover seem to be happening, which it obviously appears to be at the moment, albeit um, you know, it needs to be finally robust, I'd like to say. Um, but we're also discussing as a group what what our sort of ambitions, objectives, and values are as well. Um, I think it's important that we don't get carried away with the fact that it's a multi-billionaire owner. Um, and you know, like it, we've been there before, and that you know, at the, at the time that Mike actually took over, he was seriously wealthy as well. We, we were expecting to be going into an optimistic period then, and, and look how the last thirteen years has turned out. Or certainly. 11 or 10 of them um, so the, the excitement's there the excitement's definitely there but it's just a case of being methodical and and sort of not getting too carried away with it very understandable I think a lot of people are taking that approach um, for you guys as a group Anth what are you most looking forward to what is what is provoking the biggest bit of excitement for you over this potential takeover I've, I've mentioned a few times there just there um the amount of money involved and in, uh, in, in some of the things that are being bandied about by uh, by the journalists about what the new owners are wanting to do. So they're like, reporting they want to invest in the team, the infrastructure, uh, the community. So I think from, from that perspective, it's massive for, for the area, not just the club. Uh, as Chris mentioned, obviously we're a little bit wary considering some of the uh, the ownership. Um, 
uh, sort of things that have been put in place over the over the, the last 10, 11 years. Uh, we're so wary of that, but I, I think from my my perspective, it's just massive uh, massive looking forward to to what's happening. Um, I think from a flags perspective, I think I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, some of the ideas that we've that get bandied about normally in the group. So I think some of the things that have already been thrown out there, just as Chris mentioned, just to try and plan ahead a little bit for it. <laughs> well, obviously, don't want to reveal exactly what what type of things that have been coming about, but I, I suppose some of the words to describe them, that's I suppose comical, uh, unthinkable. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's a bit ridiculous, but in general, really looking forward to, to getting back to, to doing uh, what, what we love doing. Might we assume that it might be a sort of goodbye message to Mike Ashley, perhaps? <laughs> uh, that's been that's been thrown about in the group, but uh, I would I would say. We don't know. Uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of ideas being bandied around. Uh, everything from uh, from from my point of view, I'd, I'd like to look forward. Uh, we've we've had enough of uh, 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 of any of that sort of uh, activity, if you like. But uh, it, it, like you say, we we don't know what it is that we're that we're doing. I think that's part of the beauty of the the WhatsApp group um, that we've got some of the ideas that get thrown about or uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to say, but uh, <laughs> ridiculous, funny, great. Um, but we always end up on uh, agreeing on, on on one certain thing, and uh, as you've seen, hopefully that you and the, and and the listeners enjoy them. Chris, when you see reporters, you know, pulling up pictures of the war flags displays, there's been reference by some that Amanda Stavely was just totally blown over by that last display you did it the home game against Liverpool the, the massive surfer flag um, what does the group make of that that you guys have had such a big influence and it only it might only be a, a tiny bit of kind of making this deal happen in a way but you've played some part in it I think um, from, the, from the group's perspective whilst it's um, it's fantastic to receive those sort of plaudits and recognition it's it's important that we stay grounded um, we, we aren't any different to, to your every other like match day or, or a normal you know fan who, who sits at home um, we're just passionate about the club and, and irrespective of sort of what we do as a group it's about trying to display or understand the um, the majority of people's opinions as a fan base and try to display that and, and certainly encourage positivity where we can and, and really I guess it's a source of entertainment for people at the game now I think if they don't know what's going on they, they think alright what, what are War Flags going to do this week um, it, it all adds to the, the match the experience and, and ultimately it's about being that 12th man which is I know it's very cliche but it's about creating a positivity in it and almost a, um, a, host, a hostility, if you like, for the away team, whether to turn up and think, oh, God, what, what we're up against today, they're, they're right up for this lot. Um, so it's it's just a case of trying to stay grounded, but um, we're obviously looking forward to being as positive as we can in the, in the coming season and in the coming weeks, so long as we get taken over. And, you know, I think, as, as I've kind of alluded to there, I think... Um, the, the idea of doing something maybe um, to to see off Mike Ashley's era, if you like, whereas to think it would be hilarious and funny and and a relief somewhat, I, I think personally, as, as my own point of view, I would prefer to look forward and look look towards an era of 
um, hopeful sort of sustainability. Um, you know, like really getting the club back on track and and getting the likes of the um, the training ground and the academy and, and the stadium up the up the scratch and and really sort of being becoming accessible and and making the, the club about its traditions again and its history and, and everything about it, really linking back into the community. So that, that's what we've got to look towards and not Mike Ashley. And I guess it's, it's important as well to just to make the note that those at the club have been really um, good to you guys at War Flags. Um, they've been understanding at your position as well. Um, that's quite an important note to make. What is the one thing, if you could sit down with the potential new owners, what is the, 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 the message you would deliver to them? I think, yeah, uh, just to reiterate what you've mentioned there, I think uh, there's 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 some special people within the club, obviously, that... Um, it, the, the overriding ownership is, hasn't hasn't worked out too well, uh, to, to say the least. But uh, the, the people within the club, there's, there's some there's some brilliant people in there who've, who've helped us along the way from uh, just get, getting a, a few flags out to, to the big displays that we've done. Um, so kudos to them, really. And uh, so think, thinking about the, the, the people that have been furloughed as well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they're doing well. Um, from a from a new owner perspective, I think. It's. Uh, I don't think there's. Don't think there's one one thing really, but it, it's to. It, it's it's to recognise the potential of the of the club, and that's everything from uh, on on the pitch to the surrounding areas, to the, the community, to potentially the women's football, to uh, the, the food bank, to all the charities that. Uh, are being utilised now but if they can continue some of the good work that's that's happened in the community if they can continue doing um, some, some of the things around that then carry on uh, I think but the main thing for me is to recognise the huge potential of Newcastle United which I don't think has is, is happened um, over the last 10-11 years so if they recognise that uh, we're, we're going to have uh, seats sold out I think uh, in, a, in a very short space of time for you, Chris, what would be the message you'd like to relay back to the potential new owners? I think um, for me, it would be a case of just, uh, I'm going to, I hate this saying, but like making Castle great again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's an absolutely horrendous statement that people, certain people make. But <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be just, you know, really, in, the, the thing is that we're going to be very lucky to have that level of investment we, we all hope. Um, and it's not necessarily about the multi-billions of pounds that could potentially be invested. It's about understanding the region and understanding the club and, and what it means to the community. Um, make, make it so that we can be proud of it. It's about trying our best to be the best we can be, not about splashing the cash. Um, so for me, it's all, it's all about engagement, really, I guess. If we can engage with the fans and engage... Um, with the community, then I think they'll be off to a very, very quick win and a very, very good start. Fantastic. And just finally, to both of you, two key words you've mentioned there, two key words that the people that I've spoken to in this podcast have mentioned as well, community and communication. Just how vital um, is that for Newcastle United to get right this time around? Uh, imperative as I, uh, I think um if if those two things can can happen along with uh, the obvious things like investment in the squad uh 
it's just scary how the potential that Newcastle United have um, from a from a fan base, from a community. Honestly, that <laughs> it's just got no words to describe. Um, yeah, how, how much I'd, I'd love this to happen. I'm, I'm sort of wary about it now. Just the more the more excited I'm getting. But uh, yeah, I, I think the the club and the new owners engaging in the community and and to give a lot more communication as to the what's happening uh, at the club would be massive. I think uh, the, the engagement of the fans and the in the running of the club um, is is massive. And I think if the new owners get this right, it's uh, it's huge potential and and huge excitement for the for, for us and the fans really. And just finally, can we uh, look forward to new flags, do we think, when all this is done and dusted? Are we going to see new designs out on the Gallagher? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've mentioned the, the WhatsApp group that we've got. Uh, I think it's already uh, there's already been a few ideas thrown about there. And I'm, uh, I'm not the, the most design-friendly of people, but uh, some of the some of the other guys that they've, that they've put in, suggestions that they've put in are, are, are amazing. And I think even just looking at things like police systems, if we can if we can integrate those into the ground, then that takes us onto a, onto a new level as a, as, as a flags group as well. If you look at some of the things that have happened across uh, across Europe and uh, when they lift the flags up from a pulley system, um, if, if we can engage the new owners into something like that, that would be, uh, that would be amazing. John Gibson, over 50 years service, non-stop with the Evening Chronicle and it don't sight longer than that non-stop as a Newcastle United fan like uh, all Jodies from uh, cradle to grave and maybe, just maybe, hoping that there's a new life ahead of me at this late stage in proceedings. As far as I'm concerned with the takeover, first and foremost, I'm desperate for it to be completed so that I can relax and it has happened. I believe this time it will. Uh, I've been very cynical in the past, but I believe this time all indications are that it will. And of course it's exciting because we've been waiting for a change for 13 years. And, um, you know, the positivity is enormous because after being subjected to a little in terms of adventure, little in terms of ambition, uh, we see a real possibility here of somebody with huge financial clout being able to bring the good days. There's always the, the thing with Geordies that we think, well, can it be as good as that? It never has been, but uh, yes, perhaps it can. And if, if it does happen, and I, I, as I say, I believe it will, the big thing is what happens next. Now, obviously, we would have owners with huge financial clout, so we'll take that as red. But the question then is, are we going to have the other side of the coin? Because to be successful and uh, the most successful takeover we've had in recent times has been the entertainers with John Hall and Kevin Keegan. It's okay having John Hall, it's okay having the Saudi people, but you've got to have the other side of the coin. The great wealth has got to be spent wisely. And uh, the simple answer is, have Newcastle United got a Kevin Keegan uh, to do uh, the right thing in because he was the inspiration behind all the signings. 
They were financed by the new owner, but it was Keegan that found um, uh, Ginola. It was Keegan that persuaded Andy Cole, who at the time was just down at Bristol, etc., etc. We need someone, whether that is the manager or whatever it is, the scouting system, but it's important. We've seen splashing money alone is not the answer. We've seen that with Joe Linton, who is almost double the record buy at, at 40 million of Newcastle United, and it's produced one goal. But of course, I'm excited because we would be halfway there, and it's a long time since we've been halfway there. But we've got to have the money spent well and cleverly to get what we're all praying for. So the takeover goes through. What is the first thing you'd like the new owners to do? Good question about the first thing because there's there's no question whatsoever that the, the build-up will not be slowly. It'll be quite quick as it was with the entertainers, but it can't happen overnight. You don't go from being... Uh, regular relegation fighters to winning the title in one season. Uh, nor do I expect them to um, produce a new manager uh, immediately. I think there's absolutely no question of that. It never does happen like that. Steve Bruce will stay in charge, as it's been said. I've never doubted that. But neither do I doubt that long-term Steve Bruce's future is almost non-existent. He would have to win literally every match he had in the short space of time he had to change an inevitable way of how these things work. When John Hall took over Newcastle United, uh, he eventually uh, sacked us your dealers and brought in Kevin Keegan. When Ashley bought out Hall, he sacked Sam Allardyce and brought in a succession of disasters after that um, must be said but yes it won't happen immediately on day one you do not produce a, um, a change you've got too much to do behind the scenes to get the feet uh, under the table um, but I think Steve Bruce is no fool he knows uh, that his uh, life is in jeopardy at St James's Park if it take over of their size. But I mean, first and foremost, I would like to see them start uh, producing the uh, putting the roots down for the academy, the training ground, etc., etc. Because you can't build a club just on a few um, good signings, however wonderful they are, or the club is going to be built on quicks. You've got to put down roots that are going to be there for quite a while. And I think Newcastle United would start doing that. Yes, they would produce signings pretty quickly. Um, but if you remember with Keegan, the signings started with people like Brian Kilkline, who he insisted was the absolute important cog in the machine. But of course, by the time the entertainers were fully uh, put into place, uh, Brian Kilkline was well gone. So, um, it will start slowly and gain momentum but um, you know I think a new manager at some stage is almost inevitably part of the growth Now you were part of the Magpie group that uh, took over the club with Sir John Hall and he had this ambition of really creating something not just for Newcastle but for the region there was the sporting club idea 
how important is that do you think where we are today that it's not just a takeover for Newcastle United but it's potentially going to bring in millions of pounds to not just the North East um, no, sorry not just Newcastle but the North East as well Oh, I think with, without a shadow of doubt. And it's got to be built uh, professionally. It's got to be built for the long term. Uh, a quick fix is never the answer. We've had that with so many football clubs in the past. Yes, you can get an immediate response and we in terms of results but you won't have a long term club I mean Manchester City have been built up not on a quick fix but on a a long term plan and yes um, inevitably with Newcastle United uh, after having Ashley it's almost inevitable isn't it that whoever takes over the club uh, Newcastle fans will be subjected to this is morally wrong etc etc the human rights things etc with the Saudis yes we're bound to face that but the simple answer from Newcastle United fans is it's not a matter of condoning anything that's happened before we have never been in charge of who owns the football club otherwise we wouldn't have had Mike Ashley for 13 years would we we would have had him for a lot shorter term we can do nothing about how the club who owns the club we can just support the club and hope for the best that things go well and of course the ownership of Manchester City by the current owners was met with the same sort of moral response when it initially started but that has been forgotten and of course as far as getting through the the Premier League uh, fit and proper persons. Man City, I mean, had the the Thai Prime Minister before the current situation and... uh yeah, he ended up having to, to sell and get out and is now living in exile after being uh, committed, given two years sentence at home. And of course, we had Carson Young at, uh, at Birmingham. We had the Oysters at Blackpool. All, talk, all takeovers can carry a health warning with them. But in general, on this one, we've got to accept it at face value and make the best of it. We've suffered for a while. Maybe now we're not going to suffer. Certainly we're not going to suffer financially if these guys take over. What is as important as getting the right signings on the field is getting the right leadership off the field, whether that is a new manager or whether it's a scouting system or whatever. But um, that side of it is what I'm going to be following closely and praying that we get right because otherwise money can be burned very easily. Obviously, a lot of excitement, understandably. What's the one thing that excites you the most about this potential takeover? Is it the money? Is it the ambition? What's oh, the one thing? Well, without shadow of doubt, both go together. But the biggest thing that's going to ex- that's exciting me right at this moment is ambition, because uh, you know when we got uh, Mike Ashley thirteen years ago. Um, 
under the financial situation within football at the time, Ashley was a big hitter, but he never came up here with great ambition. He came up here uh, to remain in the Premier League because of all the financial rewards that came with that, but that was the height of ambition. We didn't even have ambition to win the FA Cup or the League Cup. in effect, as long as Mike Ashley was manager, was owner of Newcastle United, the young fans who had never seen Newcastle win anything were never going to see Newcastle win anything because we weren't going to win the Premier League and we weren't having to go in the FA Cup and the League Cup. So what else was it? Ambition is what excites me. At my stage of life, having been a lifelong Newcastle supporter, having been lucky enough to win them, to see them win the European Fairs Cup, and then lucky enough to see them win not a solitary single thing since. The greatest thing I want is a, to show of ambition. It is wrong what the rest of the country accuse us, Geordies, of, of having been over-ambitious, over-expectant. What a joke that is. We don't expect anything we've, because we've never had anything. All we ask is for our team to go out with ambition and with a, a, a real endeavour to try to win something. And uh, that, for me, is the single component that a takeover might give me. It might give this old heart of mine a belief that at least we're going to be up there and having a pop at winning things. We've never even had a pop at that in recent years. And just finally, John, if you could sit down with the, the potential new owners and just deliver Sorry? one message. If you, if you could sit down and deliver a message to the owners, what would you say to them? I would say more than anything is think yourself lucky that you've got uh, Geordie fans because they are the loyalists in the country and converse with them don't keep them in the dark tell them what you're trying to do that was a mistake that Ashley made and please above all else give us hope if you do that you're halfway there We're now hosted on the Global Player app. Don't worry if you get your podcasts from Apple, Spotify or Acast. You can still get them from that platform, but we do recommend that you download the Global Player app. It's available in iOS or from the Google Store.